Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. War, faith, intrigue. Hello everyone, it's New Amsterdam Radio, Global Voice is in the mayor's office. Thank you for Rocking with me for another bonus episode of the show, the little show that could, little podcast that could. My guest today, Joe Mackay, wrote a book that sweeps so many feelings I have into a blender of growing up, going to church with my family, and also having a little bit of an affinity for those historical films, those sword and sandal films, which I mentioned in an actual talk. So I could not wait to sit down with him to talk about Centurion, the tale of the crucifixion. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a second. Just got to say, make sure you follow the show at newamsterdam.com, over at newamsterdam on Instagram, and at new underscore Amsterdam on Twitter. So a lot of you have stepped up and said, hey, look, we love the graphics of our guest. Let's get a little video clips of past shows. And so we're starting to incorporate that a little bit more on the Instagram. So make sure you follow at newamsterdam on Instagram for that. But without any further ado... My chat with Joe Mackay. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for thinkers, doers, and creatives. My name is Flobo Boys, and my guest today just has a fantastic book that we're going to talk about in just a second. Please welcome Joe Mackay. How's it going, sir? Okay, uh, this is Joe Mackay. Uh, th- thank you for the invitation. Oh yeah. So you said before we went live that you're you're recording from Atlanta. How is Atlanta today? Oh, there's a great day. The sun's shining and it's in its in the sixties. <laughs> it's it's about the same here in Los Angeles. It'll probably get warmer, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh let's talk about your book, The Centurion, the the tale of the crucifixion. What was uh the idea behind creating the book in the first place? Um uh, Let's see. Uh, I was approaching 90 years old. I had a, a, a an accounting practice uh, that uh, uh, it was a great joy. It was a social function as well as a business function. But my eyesight failed or was failing, and I had to give that up. And uh, I do my own yard work, so I had 50 years of neglect in the yard to take care of. But I had time in the mornings and in the late evenings. So um, I had been writing audit reports for a CPA firm at one time, and um, it occurred to me that I, I ought to try to just write a novel. So yeah. one of my clients was a retired uh, creative writing teacher at the University of Tennessee. So um, she agreed to coach me. So she put me through about a year of boot camp for creative <laughs> writing. And we ended up with a 700-page novel. Whoa! Uh, and so uh, she says, "Now you got to get two editors or get an editor to uh, to cut down the novel." So uh, I live in a small town with a local liberal arts college. So uh, among my class was an editor who taught it to, at the college, and so I asked her to edit the book. And so we picked uh, my the uh, the, the uh, coach, and I picked. We thought the ten best pages and submitted it to the editor, and she agreed to edit the book. Yeah. Oh, so she edited the book, and uh, 
the uh, a neighbor and I tried to translate the uh, the hieroglyphics into text, and after two weeks, we only had about two pages. So yeah. I, uh, I I had the uh, editor find another editor, local, and uh, she was great. She was younger, and uh, she and I read every line, and if the line didn't uh, didn't enhance the novel or move the novel along, she dropped it out, cut it out. So we, uh, she cut it down to 350 pages, and uh, the, we submitted it to uh, uh, finally. Let's see, we submitted it to, to uh, one publisher, and he rejected it because of the violence in the book. They did not publish anything with violence in it, and I asked that editor if she knew of anybody that might be interested in it because she indicated it was the violence that they rejected, not the quality of the book, mm. and and so she submitted it to. Archway and Archway published it, so that's the source of the of the novel. It represents, uh, uh, I guess, eighty years of Sunday school and uh, my experiences in a lifetime. So it, it's really a memory dump of my life as set in the first century. Yeah, let's go into it. Set in the first century, swords and sandals and intrigue. Uh, why was it your decision to focus on Cornelius? of all the characters of that time period? Well, uh, out, of, uh, out of the Sunday school experience, um, uh, I, I wanted to tell my story uh, uh, in another, uh, how do you say that, in, in, a, in another uh, format. So uh, after 80 years of Sunday school, I thought I might have enough competency to do that. And so <laughs> it is a memory dump of my life, okay, but it's set in the first century. Yeah, yeah. And uh, fleshing out the other characters, as you come across a character that you've got to know better after writing this book? Oh, oh yes. Uh, the, uh, of course, uh, uh, in, uh, in the uh, Gospel of Mark, I'm sorry, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 10, he talks about Cornelius, centurion of the Italian cohort. Well, it occurred to me, I, I was in the Marine Corps on two different, uh, two different enlistments, um, that uh, if, uh, if he referred to Cornelius uh, as a centurion of the Italian cohort, he must have been a, a George Patton of his day. So right. I, I picked uh, Cornelius as my main character and built the story around him. Oh, very cool. So you said yourself that that you were a veteran. Thank you for your service. Uh, has uh, no other well, one. Well, I owe the I owe you all the debt because I came out of it with a good education. And I, <laughs> I came out ahead. <laughs> what well, What's been some of the parallels between your experience in the military and what Cornelius goes through in, in the Centurion? Well, I figured uh, I was on four different campaigns in the Pacific. Uh, with the 4th Marine Division. And I figured there wasn't much different in my life uh, on a campaign than that of a, of a legionnaire uh, in the 10th Legion. Uh, yeah. I figured we had lived about the same kind of life. <laughs> okay. Did your, did your time at war impact your faith or change your faith at all? Or was it unwavering throughout? Say that again. Was your time at war, did it uh, impact your faith at all? Or did it, was it uh, constant throughout? 
uh, I, I didn't get the question. I'm sorry. So when you're at war, you probably see the, the worst of the human condition. Uh, and you said yourself that you were going to Sunday school for, for years before you deployed. Uh, did you learn anything about yourself and your relationship with your own faith? Or was it a situation where you had the foundation and the challenges you had when you were at war, which is something that you knew and expected, anticipated? No, I, I think I pretty well had uh, had the foundation. Uh, I got a good education. Uh, or I think I got a good education. Uh, I majored in business, but I fell in love with the coursework because it's free. So uh, each semester, uh, I, I could pick all the courses I could take, and it didn't cost anything. So right. I always took one course in philosophy and one course in literature. So um, uh, that uh, that background helped me more than anything else in writing the novel. Um, mm. As an author, what was your experience uh, actually writing dialogue for Jesus Christ himself? I'm sorry, say it again. As an author... What was your experience in writing dialogue as Jesus for Jesus Christ himself? Well, the, the trouble was in writing audit reports, I didn't have dialogue. So that was a big uh, that was a big burden that the uh, creative writing teacher had in teaching me prose is how to uh, how to introduce dialogue into 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 text. Mm -hmm. uh, she did a great job on that, I think. Okay, yeah. Did you, was it interesting? Was it kind of exciting looking forward to writing dialogue for these characters? Or was it kind of like, man, I hope I get it right? What was your experience in doing so? Well, uh, 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 I had, uh, 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 I would write it. And of course, based on, and, I, and you know, I, when I read the, uh, when I read the novel now, I can see sections that read like an audit report. So, mm -hmm. so, uh, uh, the trouble was is trying to introduce dialogue into the audit report. Uh, yeah. And finally, by the I think it gets better as the book goes on through. I got better toward the end than I was at the beginning. Yeah. What's been some of the feedback you've heard from people who've read it? Like they said, hey, look, what I like most about your book was this aspect, this character, this locale, the story. Well, let's see. Uh, um, most of the people, uh, the, the people that gave the best reviews for the most part were, were veterans. Uh, uh, I had a number of Marine friends that read it, and I, I'm not sure whether they were just trying to uh, uh, please me, but they, they, they liked it because it, was, uh, it had the military in it. And, uh, they, of course, what I would like for people to do, if they would, is read the, read the novel for the story. And then go back and read it again uh, for all the opinion. I'm highly opinionated, and uh, mm -hmm. so uh, there are a lot of there. There, I'm trying to justify a lot of my opinions uh, in the novel. And so, if you read it a second time carefully, uh, you'll see where I'm airing an opinion, where I can make a statement without successful contradiction. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the recent rise of more Christian literature? Do you think that's uh, we're moving the needle into a, a place where more and more Christian authors are comfortable with telling stories that that speak to them? Well, uh, the uh, I hate to admit it, but uh, uh, I've been reading uh, histories of World War II 
instead of novels. So I'm not familiar with any of the Christian right. I mean, writings of Christian material. Uh, oh, I'm in the same boat. I I prefer nonfiction, even though I write fiction. I prefer nonfiction. There's nothing wrong with that. So you get your research. <laughs> it's it's okay. okay. Uh, it it in your uh, preface you mentioned. Uh, your upbringing in rural North Carolina as, quote, Eden on Earth. And I just want to know how so. How was that? I want to know more about that side of you. Okay. The uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, we, I, I was raised in the, the Black Mountains where Mountain Mitchell is on a hillside farm. And uh, uh, I just, uh, to me, it's, it was like Eden. If Eden's half that fair, I'll be happy in Eden. Okay. It, it yeah, was absolutely yeah. beautiful. Uh, it was in the 20s. They were just beginning to log out the great timberlands there. And uh, uh, the uh, everybody had plenty of work to do working for the logging company. And my grandmother was a cook for a logging camp. And uh, my mother was raised in a logging camp. So uh, it was a great world. Oh, great. Great to hear. You know, a lot of our listeners on New Amsterdam radios are authors or aspiring authors as well. Uh, going through the process of having an idea and writing your novel, do you have any like suggestions or tips or uh, kind of like advice you can give these people? Oh, so that nice part again. Do you have any tips or suggestions or advice for those who may be listening now and contemplating writing their own novel? Well, uh, the uh, I, I think uh, the 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 thing I tried to do in mine was to tell tell an interesting story, and at the same time air my beliefs and trying to uh, convince my reader that it's a great life that we're endowed with the uh, with the uh, things that cause it to be a great life, and we need to develop our abilities and enjoy this great beautiful world. That's great to hear. I'm just curious, but as an author, what's your writing process like? Do you write daily? Do you take certain days, certain times of the day to write? Do you write when you're inspired? How do you go about that? Uh, when uh, uh, when I was writing the novel, I don't write now. Uh, I think about things that maybe I ought to write, but uh, uh, I guess at 96, I'm not sure I have time to finish it. But anyway, uh, uh, when I was writing the novel, uh, I had free time in the morning, so I would just sit down every morning and write, uh, and the story just fell in place. I didn't do any research in the traditional meaning of the term, and uh, I didn't have an outline. Uh, the, the first sentence in the book was, my name is Cornelius, first centurion, first cohort, and uh, and then it fell, it just fell into place after that, uh, and uh, and so I would, I, I would write the novel in sequence. So uh, I, I wrote uh, Grandfather's part first. We had trouble structuring a novel. Um, uh, I had trouble with dialogue trying to get the story across. So um, between the, I guess uh, the author, uh, the coach and myself, we came up with writing each one in the first person so that uh, I could convey what they were thinking because the, uh, their, their outlook was as important as what they said. So everything's in the first person. And uh, uh, that was uh, a, 
once we got that settled down, then the novel just fell in place. Did I hear this correctly? That there's going to be no sequel. Is that that that's it. The one and done. Well, I, I uh, it would be great if I could write a sequel. Uh, the uh, and I think about that. I've got another story in mind that I think would make a great story. Uh, but I've got a uh, I've got a this one myself to get to get it done. Uh, but we'll see about that. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. And I'm sure people listening now can pick up a copy of the book. The Satyrion, A Tale of the Crucifixion, available now, uh, or your favorite e-tailer of Joe's. Anyone want to connect with you, follow you online, ask you a question, how to go about doing that? Uh, say that again. If anyone's listening now and they want to connect with you online or to, to follow you on social media or to send you an email, how to go about doing that? Uh, I have, by, by the way, there are a number of reviews of the novel uh, on the internet. So type in my name and, uh, uh, and let's see, type in my name and I think put interviews after it. Uh, so there are interviews and uh, uh, comments uh, on the internet. And if they want to get in touch with me, um, let's see. Uh, I, let, let me give you my regular email. And if that gets to be a problem, I'll get a new email. Uh, <laughs> my email is J-O-M-C-H-I-G-H at hotmail.com. Joe McHigh at hotmail.com. And I, I'll look forward to receiving an, an inquiry and I'll try to get an answer. <laughs> Good to hear. Thanks so much for being on the show on this edition of New Amsterdam Radio. Okay, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs> <laughs>